Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Louis D'Souza on Monday, May the 27th, 2019. It is 8 a.m. in New York. It is 5 a.m. in Los Angeles. It's 1 p.m. in London, and it is 10 p.m. in Sydney, Australia. But wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And I'm happy that we're getting the week started on what here in the U.S. I don't know how this works in the U.K., Louis, but here in the U.S., uh, the last full weekend in in May is well celebrated as Memorial Day. You know, for people who are wanting to celebrate uh, the sacrifices that were made by soldiers in the past wars and so forth. But it's also unofficially the beginning of summer. That's the way it gets measured here. Now, summer, of course, officially starts later on in June. But uh, here in the U.S., we kind of started in uh, the end of May. So here in the U.S., happy summer, everybody. I hope your summer is going to be a great one. And I'm telling you right now, I have already put out there, every day is going to be gorgeous. It'll do all its raining at night. And so it's just going to be a wonderful summer. That's my, my uh, input to the weather for the year, okay? <laughs> so how are you doing, Lily? What's happening over there? Um, what's happening over here is slightly overcast, um, but quite warm day. So um, on, the, on the weekend, I did some jet washing, which I've got a bit of a story about, which I mm. quite enjoyed. Um, and, and yeah, T-shirt off and getting some summer rays on my back. It was really great. It's cool. I didn't know you had a jet to wash. Oh, no, no, that's not what you mean. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Let them get on with washing my limousine. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I like it. I like the way you think. That's good. (laughs) Uh, Before we get started, I want to try to get a couple of announcements in. First of all, we are in the middle of casting the, The Grass is Greener, our audio play series that Alex King and I have been putting together. Um, the deadline for those of you who have thought about maybe submitting something, even though you, you may not be a professional actor, it's okay. We have a lot of people who are submitting who are not professional actors, and that's perfectly acceptable. Um, if you want to submit, the deadline is this Friday, May 31st. So make sure you get your submission in before then, and it's pretty easy to do. All you need to do is create like a 20-second selfie video just talking about why you want to be in the play or what it is that you like to do with your summers or anything that you want to talk about just so we can hear what your voice sounds like and how you express yourself. Um, because that's what we're looking for when we're examining the over 400 candidates we have so far. <laughs> it's been, it's been quite a journey. I, I have learned a lot about how the casting process works in the entertainment industry. And uh, it's not what I expected. I can tell you. I mean, some of it is, but some of it is a little bit different. Well, we learn things every day. So if you want to be a, a contestant, by all means, I mean, there are probably going to be at least one or two people who are amateurs who get um, parts and maybe even more. So send in a, a recording and we'll be glad to include you in the process. Um, also, I want to remind people who are not yet subscribers of the podcast to please push the little subscribe button if you're listening on the YouTube live stream or if you're just listening to the podcast. In most places where we have the podcast listed, in the description, there are links for you to click to subscribe if you're not yet a subscriber. But if you can't find the links, just go to the website at loatoday.net, and you will find right there, right at the top of this page, instructions on how you can subscribe using the device that you're connecting to the page with. So it's really very straightforward. Um, And then once you're a subscriber, of course, be sure to share the fact with others that you are listening to 
LOA today. And that way we get, we get more people listening to us, but also we get a lot more people out there getting their daily doses of happy and we get to share our unique pieces of wisdom on how to get yourself into that great high vibration place that Louie lives in a hundred percent of the time. So oh, I wish <laughs> I'm trying to slip that one by you, but oh, well, <laughs> ask, ask my wife and daughter. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, I think I'll probably have to wait until you invite them on as guests, but I will keep that question in mind. <laughs> That's an idea. My daughter would probably quite enjoy it. My wife wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Kids are wonderful about that kind of thing because they're so open. They, I mean, literally, they're just open. And mm. all you need is one little opportunity for them, and boom, if it's anything close to what they have in mind that they would like, they're after it. They're, mm. they're on it right away. It's great. <laughs> So, and you had a story you had to tell us about jet washing. I got to find out what that story is because it's been kind of hanging in the back of my mind. So what's the story about jet washing? Well, I usually don't enjoy jet washing that much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have quite a bit of uh, patio to to clean. And uh, what was happening was I, I did the mental preparation for it. So I was visualizing, enjoying it and having fun with it. So... I went out there and I easily found the power cable and easily be able to plug in everything, um, the water, etc. And uh, then I decided just to focus on each individual um, brick and and clean it and clean it nicely and just enjoy it. And then eventually I was holding it just with two fingers, just with enough pressure for it to 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 go down on the. Uh, just got to turn this off. <clears throat> just with enough pressure for, to hold the water the water washer down um, just really, really lightly. And, and all you did is I moved my arm slightly like that to move it around. So there was almost no pressure. I was using a bit of gravity and the push-up from, from the water spray. And I just went around and I cleaned each individual one. And I was just thinking of being open and enjoying it. And I had so much fun and I found it so much quicker and easier. And I was just blown away. I was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't do it in the same pattern. I did it before I had like nudges to go do different areas and different times. And I was like, wow, wow, this is so cool. This is so cool. (laughs) That's Um, great. You know, you know, I really want to put that, put that out there because a lot of people think, you know, manifestations have to be big, but, um, Oh no. Um, they can be small and they can be around things that you don't want as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I had a very similar experience that I talked about on Friday's podcast with Linda Armstrong, um, because earlier in the day, that's an afternoon podcast for here in New York. Earlier in the day, um, I'd been working on The Grass is Greener, our audio play, mm-hmm. and specifically working on the casting process. When you yeah, get that over sounds point, great. Oh, it's, it's really going to be a good show, I think. I'm, I'm hopeful anyway. It looks to me like it's going to be a great show. But, Who's writing it? Uh, Alex and I have written it. Um, my sister, PJ, is going to direct it. She's also helped us with a script. She has the most theatrical experience among the three of us. And, and so far, the input we've gotten from people who have reviewed it for us is that they love the script. So, you know, we're off to a good start with that. Well, the script is, is, is very important, yeah. It really is, yeah. And then you add in the fact that you've had over 400 people so far who have applied to be in the cast of, I think we have eight parts. <laughs> so <Okay. laughs> do the math. You could tell what the odds are. <laughs> but uh, 
that's also what my story was from Friday because somebody has to go through those 400 and start sorting and filtering and so forth. But the math and, says nothing to do with it. No, no, it doesn't. No, <laughs> we'll come back to that in a moment because that actually ties into my story. <laughs> um, but it takes some doing to go through that. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to do some quick filtering first and then you filter a little bit more and filter a little bit more in order to, you know, narrow it down. So the, the first filter through is is kind of like what we would call grunt work, just boring, you know, okay, do they have this, do they have this, no, yes, click, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, you, and you're working through, um, may, most of our replies came from Backstage.com, which is the website of Backstage Magazine, which is the magazine of the entertainment field. So if you're an actor, that's probably the first place you usually go in order to find out are there any parts available that you can apply for. Um, and as you're going through that, their, their website is okay, but it's a little bit clunky in some ways. So it takes time to load the pages and load the stuff up. I'm like, oh, waiting and waiting. It's like just a lot of click and wait, click and wait. And the first few days I was doing that, I wasn't enjoying it all. It was very, very dull. It was tedious. It was boring. And then, and I can't point to what changed here other than my attitude. And I don't know why my attitude changed. I mean, for some reason it changed. But for whatever the reason, when Friday came along and I had to start doing this stuff, I was getting psyched to do this work. I was really, really enjoying it. And it was going fast. It was going smoothly and easily. Now, you talk about how it isn't the odds about whether you're going to get in. And that here's a great example of that. The way, uh, obviously, when you advertise this, you also include in your advertisement, here's what we want you to do. And in our case, it was, put together that 20 second video or if many actors already have what they call an audio or a video reel, which is basically them doing their stuff. You know, so you had to have one or the other. Amazingly enough, despite the fact that I put it in two different places in the ad that they had to include that approximately 50 to 60% gave me nothing. Well, that's perfect. <laughs> they eliminated. Bang. And, and talk about law of attraction. You know, they put out there nothing. They're getting back nothing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, how long does it take to put a little 20 minute together? <laughs> uh, well, I, I think what it really points to is how we get distracted by those old tapes that play in our head. So mm-hmm. I didn't get the last five parts I applied for. So, uh, well, here's another one. Click. I won't even read it. I won't even look at it. It's, maybe somebody will give me a call, you know, which, which is probably the equivalent. It's, it's like the LOA equivalent to saying, well, I'm never going to get uh, a date, so I'll just put it out there. Maybe somebody will, you know, ask me out. <laughs> it just—it doesn't work well. <laughs> well, if it lowers the resistance, something could pop up. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's truth to that uh, because I went through about 20 years of my life with that attitude, believing before I even met somebody that it wasn't going to work, and then finally the day came where I just threw in the towel, and said I give up on dating, and my, a month later I met my wife. So yeah. 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 That, that's exactly how that kind of thing works. But, uh, yeah, it, it's it's truly amazing. And then among those who do submit material, the, I often wonder if they play back their own stuff. I mean, I'm not expecting that everybody has professional microphones and so forth. But it's amazing, for instance, how many recordings are made where the voices are so badly distorted you can hardly understand what they're saying, <laughs> which has nothing to do with with low-quality equipment. It has to do with being too close to the microphone, so you're blowing out the microphone. Right, right. You know? And did did they even listen to it? (laughs) Many of them were parents who were trying to get their kids parts. Uh, Ah. 
and and the parents didn't even listen to it to to hear my God that really you know, didn't you know what that doesn't well. work well yeah <laughs> well work it, well because the, the the point of attraction of the person involved is 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 not really there it's somebody else's point that's of attraction right. never do a good enough job to to the degree that you you can do for yourself your own point of attraction yeah yeah. Yeah, and, and we would think that because they're the parent who's trying to help their kid move their career along, that that wouldn't be the case. But no, you can't make that assumption. No, nope. just it's just not a safe assumption to make. So it's been a very educational process, mm. but it was also cool to get to the point where it was fun. And and by the way, I I had this huge queue. I mean, I had four hundred people lined up, and I kind of struggled through the queue throughout the week. And then Friday came along, and phew, I just blew through it. Mm. So similar to what you experienced as you were cleaning your patio, for me, it was just like, wow, this is going fast. Really something. Yeah. All because I was feeling good about it for a change. Yeah, I mean, the patio extends all the way around the house. So there's a lot of it. And, uh, you know, the weeds have been growing through and there was a bit of moss through the winter. And, you know, it really, really took some cleaning. But I was looking at it today. It looks so gorgeous. It's like, wow. It's nice. <laughs> Very nice. That's good stuff. Well, we uh, have been talking about the book Illusions by Richard Bach, which we have been reading from. We've read the first nine chapters of it. Um, and there, there are a couple of things that have really stood out for me. Number one is how little we've had to say after each chapter because it's so clear what the chapter is saying. It's Absolutely. not like you're plenty of explaining, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, it's definitely nice relating it to the Abram Hicks um, information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, because there are similarities, there are definite similarities. Um, the, the second thing that to me is is noteworthy about it is it's a fiction story. Mm-hmm. Most of what we read in law of attraction circles is nonfiction. It's you know self help as as it's often mm-hmm. right. And th- this isn't. It's 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 a story. It's told mm-hmm. like a fictional story, and yet it manages to contain and include the basic concepts of how the law of attraction works. That's quite an achievement, especially considering the fact that it was written before the term law of attraction actually became really popular. Mm. And it doesn't really ever use the word law of attraction. Uh, No, never. So, yeah, it's really, really, really um, interesting how 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 you put it together at that age, at that time, and all the rest of it. I don't don't know if you're aware, but Richard also said in one of his other books, he said that he had come across a inverted commas Bible on the inner planes. And it was magnificent. It was one of the, the most amazing book he had ever read in his life. And he made the conscious decision not to bring it out into the physical purely because it would turn into another religion. Oh yeah. That was from the book one. I think it was one, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That, that was that was a good story too. Yeah. That was that story stuck with me from that book more than any other story in that book. Exactly. There were a lot of good stories. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. In fact, he celebrates at the end because, and he tells that one as a story. He tells mm-hmm. it as a fictional story, and at at the end, he the main protagonist that Richard and Leslie are interacting with um, celebrates the fact that a new religion was not born. Yeah, which yeah, is fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Many people have said to me over the years, Louis, you could start your own religion. I say, yeah, I could. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no ways I'm going to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't blame you. 
<laughs> Especially when you think forward, you say, okay, so what's really going to happen here? Oh, dear. Do I really want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea to save the world from another religion. We don't need religions. <sighs> Come on, what I say is right, and you're wrong. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, well, that's where I, I once adopted this philosophy, and it actually has helped me to release this whole right-wrong thing, and that was to say I once thought I made a mistake, but I was wrong. And once I realized that, I was okay. I didn't have to be right anymore. <laughs> yeah, what did my mentor once say to me? She said, Louie, do you really believe that? I said, yes, I do. She said, well, you do know that if you make yourself right, you're making somebody else wrong. Oh, there's truth to that, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, uh, uh. truth to that. Yeah. Next time I thought about me being right, I was like, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> and it takes time. I mean, I can't honestly say I've completely rid myself of it. I've rid myself of most of it. I used to be a really big, I must be right person. Um, but it takes time. And it's one. Of, it's another one of those things where you have to kind of be gentle with yourself and say, you know what? I'm just letting go of this as quickly as I can. That's the best I can do. Do you know there's a lot of humility in it? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> you, learn, you learn really to let people do what they want to. You really let go. Yeah. Well, I've learned that just with this process of putting this play together mm. because you've got multiple people involved. I mean, so far it's just three of us, but it's going to be growing pretty exponentially pretty quickly. Mm. And even with just three, I mean, there are going to be differences of opinion about what's, you know, the right thing to do or the smart thing to do or whatever. And plus I have the least amount of theatrical experience of the three of us. So I consciously asked, I was the one who brought my sister and I asked her if she'd be willing to direct it because I knew how much directorial experience she has. She has a lot and it's, and she's very good at it. Um, and we ran into things where I disagreed with her just in the last few days. And I said to myself, you know what, Walt, you brought her in, go with it. Just let it go. You know, don't worry about it. it. It doesn't matter to you whether or not uh, what you're thinking should be the answer makes total sense in the world. Just let it go. It's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that was true, well, first of all, it was easy to let go of it. And second of all, it, was, it took a lot of pressure off. I like that part. When you When you no longer have to be right, it takes a ton of pressure off. Life becomes so much easier. If there's pressure, you immediately know that you are going against your guidance. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, of course it will. <laughs> makes makes a lot of sense, yeah. So anyway, we are on Chapter 10 of Illusions. There's uh, the, the cover of the book for you to see, for those of you who have never seen it before. It came out in 1975, and during the first nine chapters, we've been learning about how Donald Shimoda came into the world of Richard, who is the, the narrator and, and uh, storyteller within the story. And uh, Richard has been learning about all of these different, uh, shall we say, skills that Donald has, <laughs> these abilities that blow Richard's mind. And he has been pretty quickly growing into the idea that he himself has the same skills, but he's still struggling with that. And here in Chapter 10, he tries an exercise that I've actually tried. I don't know if you've ever tried it. I'll be interested to see if you have. Is this the cloud one? This is the cloud one, yes. Mm, I have, yes. It's actually a lot of fun to do this one because it's a great way to learn how to let go. (laughs) I remember one of my sisters lying on her back on the grass doing that once. (laughs) Uh Okay. So anyway, here we go. The afternoon was quiet. An occasional passenger now and then Time between, I practiced vaporizing clouds. 
I have been a flight instructor, and I know that students always make easy things hard. I do know better. Yet there I was, a student again, frowning fiercely at my cumulus targets. I needed more teaching for once than practice. Shimoda was stretched out under the fleet's wing, pretending to be asleep. I kicked him softly on the arm, and he opened his eyes. I can't do it, I said. Yes, you can, he said, and closed his eyes again. Don, I've tried. Just when I think something's happening, the cloud strikes back and goes poofing up bigger than ever. He sighed and sat up. Pick me a cloud. An easy one, please. I chose the biggest, meanest cloud in the sky, 3,000 feet tall, bursting up white smoke from hell. The one over the silo, yonder, I said. The one that's going black now. He looked at me in silence. Why is it you hate me? It's because I like you, Don, that I ask these things, I smiled. You need challenge. If you'd rather, I could pick something smaller. He sighed again and turned back to the sky. Okay, I'll try. Now, which one? I looked, and the cloud, the monster with its million tons of rain, was gone. Just an ungainly blue sky hole where it had been. <laughs> Yike, I said quietly. A job worth doing, he quoted, no, much as I would like to accept the praise with which you would heap upon me, I must in all honesty tell you this. It's easy. He pointed to a little puff of a cloud overhead. There, your turn. Ready? Go. I looked at the wisp of the thing, and it looked back at me. I thought it gone. Thought an empty place where it was. Poured visions of heat rays upon uh, up at it. Asked it to reappear somewhere else, and slowly, slowly, in one minute, in five, in seven, the cloud at last was gone. Other clouds got bigger, mine went away. You're not very fast, are you, he said. That was my first time. I'm just beginning up against the impossible. Well, the improbable. And all you can think to say is I'm not very fast. That was brilliant, and you know it. Amazing. You were so attached to it, and still it disappeared for you. Attached? I was walking that cloud with everything I had. Fireballs, laser beams, vacuum cleaner a block high. Negative attachments, Richard. If you really want to remove a cloud from your life, you do not make a big production of it, but you just relax and remove it from your thinking. That's all there is to it. And then from the handbook, a cloud does not know why it moves in such a direction and at such a speed. It feels an impulsion. This is the place to go now, but the sky knows the reasons and the patterns behind all clouds, and you will know, too, when you lift yourself high enough to see beyond horizons. Short chapter, but very poignant, because how often, when practicing law of attraction, do we attach ourselves negatively to stuff that we don't want? And then it removes itself from our reality very slowly. <laughs> or maybe it sticks, a while for around, sticks around yeah. for a while. Rather. <laughs> yeah. Seen that so often. It's interesting how he opens the... Um, the Messiah's Handbook at uh, Clouds, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. A... well, I think they actually talked about that early in the book, but that was one of those things that I'd actually heard about before I read the book, the idea that you could, uh, people usually talk about it with the Bible, but you could really open any book. Yeah. And with that part of the book, will will in some way address what it is that you're focusing on at the moment. Or a newspaper. Newspapers work great for that. Yeah, magazine. Politics section. <laughs> Can have some uses. Why do you hate me, Louis? 
<laughs> because I love you so much. <laughs> is that what it is? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just okay. Donald Shimoda's line. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 11, again from the handbook. You are never given a wish without also being given the power to make it true. You may have to work for it, however. Let's come back and talk about that one when we finish the chapter. We had landed in a huge grazing place next to a three-acre horse pond away from towns, somewhere along the line between Illinois and Indiana. No passengers. It was our day off, I thought. Listen, he said. Don't listen. Just stay there quiet and watch. What you are going to see is not any miracle. Read your atomic physics book. A child can walk on water. He told me this, and as though he didn't notice the water was even there, he turned and walked out some yards from shore on the surface of the horse pond. What it looked like was that the pond was a hot summer mirage over a lake of stone. He stood firm on the surface, not a wave or ripple splashed over his flying boots. Here, he said, come do it. I saw it with my eyes. It was possible, obviously, because there he stood. So I walked out to join him. It felt like walking on clear blue linoleum, and I laughed. Donald, what are you doing to me? I am merely showing you what everybody learns sooner or later, he said, and you're handy right now. But I'm, look, the water can be solid, he stamped his foot, and the sound was leather on rock. Or not, he stamped again, and water splashed over both of us. Got the feel of it? Try it. How quickly we get used to miracles. In less than a minute, I began to think that walking on water is possible, is natural, is, well, so what? But if the water is solid now, how can we drink it? Same way we walk on it, Richard. It isn't solid, and it isn't liquid. You and I decide what it's going to be for us. If you want water to be liquid, think it liquid, act as if it's liquid, drink it, if you want it to be air, act as if it's air and breathe it. Try. Maybe it's something about the presence of an advanced soul, I thought. Maybe these things are allowed to happen in a certain radius, 50 feet in a circle around them. I knelt on the surface and dipped my hand into the pond, liquid. Then I lay down and put my face into the blue of it and breathed, trusting. It breathed like warm liquid oxygen, no choking or gasping. I sat up and looked a question at him, expecting him to know what was in my mind. Speak, he said. Why do I have to speak? For what you have to say, it's more precise to talk in words. Speak. Okay, if we can walk on water and breathe it and drink it, why can't we do the same to land? Ah, yes, good. You will notice. He walked to the shore easily as walking a painted lake, but when his feet touched the ground, the sand and grass at the edge, he began to sink until with a few slow steps he was up to his shoulders in earth and grass. It was as though the pond had suddenly become an island and the land about had turned to sea. He swam for a moment in the pasture, splashing it about him in dark loam drops, then floated on top of it, then rose and walked on it. It was suddenly miraculous to see a man walking on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting, yeah. I stood on the pond and applauded his performance. He bowed and applauded mine. <clears throat> I walked to the edge of the pond, thought the earth to liquid, and touched it with my toe. Ripples spread into the grass and rings. How deep is, is the ground? I nearly asked aloud. The ground will be as deep as I think it will be. 
Two feet deep, I thought. It will be two feet deep and I'll wade. I stepped confidently into the shore and sank over my head in instant drop-off. It was black underground, scary, and I fought to the surface, holding my breath, flailing out for some solid water for the edge of the pond to hold on to. <laughs> he sat on the grass and laughed. You are a remarkable student. Do you know that? I ain't no student at all. Get me out of here. Well, get yourself out. I stopped struggling. I see it solid, and I can climb right out. I see it solid. And I climbed out, caked and crusted in black dirt. Man, you really get dirty doing this. His own blue shirt and jeans were without spot or mote of dust. Ah! I shook the dirt out of my hair, flapped it out of my ears. Finally, I put my wallet on the grass, walked into the liquid water, and cleaned myself the, the traditional wet way. I know there's a better way to get clean than this. Well, there's a faster way, yes. Don't tell me, of course. Just sit there and laugh and let me figure it out all for myself. Okay. I finally had a walk squishing. I had, finally had two walks squishing back to the fleet and changed clothes, hanging the wet stuff on the flying wires to dry. Richard, don't forget what you did today. It is easy to forget our times of knowing, to think that we've been, that they've been dreams or old miracles one time. Nothing good is a miracle, and nothing lovely is a dream. The world is a dream, you say, and it's lovely sometimes. Sunset, clouds, sky. No, no, no. The image is a dream. The beauty is real. Can you see the difference? I nodded, almost understanding, and later I sneaked a look in the handbook. The world is your exercise book, the pages on which you do your sums. It is not reality, although you can express reality there if you wish. And you are also free to write nonsense or lies or to tear the pages. Okay, now this chapter does require a little discussion, I think. Because <laughs> what we're talking about here, I don't know about you, I have never successfully swum in the earth. And I have never successfully walked on water. You neophyte, you. I am. What can I say? So tell me about it, old master. <laughs> Well, I haven't done it yet either, have you? <laughs> <laughs> you slipped past that very nicely. <laughs> and there's also the beginning of the book that I wanted to come back to because it started off with a, a handbook quote that says, you are never given a wish without also being given the power to make it true. You may have to work for it, however, mm. which ties into an Abraham concept. The Abraham concept being they want us to do less. They want us to be less doing-oriented and more feeling and thinking-oriented. Mm -hmm. But here's Richard Bach writing, you might have to work for it. And Joel Elston says the same thing. He's very much an advocate of the idea that, um, yes, you want to be feeling it and thinking it and focusing on, on what you desire and what you prefer, but there's nothing wrong with actually taking action. Taking action is actually a good thing. Yeah, I mean, there's action and action. So you've got inspired action and then you've got, oh, my God, I've got to go work again today. Um, kind of action and uh, one of those works well and one doesn't. <laughs> this is true. As I experienced last week as I was sorting candidates for the grass is greener mm. because there were some days I was not in the mood for it. And, oh, boy, that was hard work. And then mm. there was Friday when it was all very easy and there wasn't hard work at all. I was flying through it. Oh, yeah. So you could have taken off those other days because they were probably so unproductive. They probably were, yes. On Friday, you know. <laughs> you slogged on because you believe in working hard. And <laughs> The only thing I can say in my defense is I believe in working hard a lot less than I did before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you slowly yeah. get that way more and more and more. Yeah. 
And I think that's it. what it really means when it says you may have to work for it. When, when, he, when he writes in the handbook, you may have to work for it, however, I think what he's really saying is it could take you some time to learn this. You know, so, okay, it takes your time. Be nice to yourself. It's all yeah. right. Um, you know, there's, there's work on lowering resistance and there's work on increasing resistance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you've got to cool. make sure you're flowing downstream and not upstream. Yeah. By the way, uh, um, I, I see a couple of uh, comments from, uh, Jenny Butler, who's uh, one of our live stream listeners. I just wanted to share what she said. She said, I like Hi, that Jenny. about not, about not having to be right, which we were talking about earlier. I just recently started trying to stop saying you're right and instead frame things as, as uh, whether or not I like it. And that's brilliant. That's exactly oh. the right way to do it. That's good. So thank you for sharing that, Jenny. Yeah, I mean, about right and wrong gets knocked out of your vocabulary um, quite quickly. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it becomes almost it, unimportant. Totally, it unimportant. totally, totally. Yeah. Um, and, and it becomes scary because people don't really get that. No, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, very, it's almost impossible for me not to see both parts of it to agree with both parts of an argument. Mm, mm -hmm. um, it just appeals to me that this person seeing it from that direction for this point of view and that person seeing it from this direction, that point of view, and they could be completely opposite, but I can understand in context sure. why they're both right. So, yeah, right and wrong becomes such a, uh, a ridiculous concept after a while, and um, it does affect your entire life. You start seeing everything very, very, very differently. It does. I mean, I, I can recall from a very young age being able to do what you just described, being able to understand both sides of an argument. Or actually, it's not just usually two sides. It's usually multiple sides. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Depends. Please, black and white. Here's one, here's the other. It's, it's like there's so many different viewpoints. And I could always understand them. Uh, early on, I was confused about, well, which one should I agree with? And I, I wish I had kind of stayed with that, but I didn't. What I did instead was learn how to say, well, this one's right and this one's wrong. And then I followed you know, the path that everybody else falls into, which is, you know, finding what's right about everything. And it took me until I learned law of attraction to realize, no, that was really better off when I didn't do the right and wrong thing. <laughs> it was interesting when you pointed out there's more than two viewpoints, because even if I'm seeing the two discussion, there's also my viewpoint. There's your, there are literally millions of viewpoints. And, so many people are involved in the discussion, really. And my viewpoint that I had yesterday doesn't necessarily mean it's my viewpoint today. Yes, that just further confuses the issue. Exactly. <laughs> yesterday the world was flat. Today it's round, and tomorrow it's oblong. <laughs> I mean, who cares? You know, but I will change. <laughs> this is true. Just a constant, yeah. Okay, so we have to address the elephant in the room, and that is walking on water and swimming on earth. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, not not a problem really once you start grasping it. So, what was that comment on on the law of attraction group? Somebody was saying it was something you replied to, and I replied underneath it. Um, and this lady was saying something like, "You know, why does bad things happen to good people?" The old story. Oh yeah, that's right. And. Uh, you had a good reply, but I was just uh, saying she was sure. – her, her reply – I loved your reply. It was great. Yeah. Her reply to your, your reply was saying something like, yeah, I'm sure nobody really knows that, you know, that you do really create your own reality. And my answer to that was I, I completely believe without any hesitation or unequivocally that we do create our own reality and 
And that comes from learning to play with the law of attraction and Mm -hmm. seeing it manifest in your life. And because of this understanding, I now know that I can swim on the ground. Mm -hmm. I know it's a possibility. And I also know why I don't. Do you know why people normally don't swim in the ground? Well, because they believe they can't. Which is a cumulative belief of the entire human population in general, which is a strong vibration. Very. Now, you saw also that we're talking about how quickly Richard got used to the idea of walking on water. Which is fabulous. I love that. It's a great concept because what you start realizing is you can change the vibration if you have got a strong, clear enough view of what you want and no resistance to it happening. Exactly. You've got those two viewpoints. So you can manifest that. You can actually walk on water and, and you can actually swim in the ground. And the reason you generally can't is because we have created an active vibration to give us some semblance of consistency and, and, and stability in our lives because it'll be really confusing and difficult if you could walk through walls all the time. Why would you even need them? And, you know, I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of things that start going on and on and on after that, mm-hmm. you know, but because things need to be a certain way, people can have jobs and people can play the game of having a job, shall I say, not really having jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it goes on and on. So, it's very, very liberating. I don't know if you've ever read um, Carlos Castaneda. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. But what what's the fascinating thing that Carlos did for me um, is, is is break the, me- the the fixed mental thought patterns out. He just completely destroyed them and just threw mm-hmm. them out the window. Um, and I started being able to liberate my mind from normal concepts um, with that book, uh, I found it very, very useful for that. But again, until Abram came in, I didn't, I didn't clearly perceive, um, how to work. Yeah. And, and I can't honestly say that I took what he said seriously. I, I kind of, at the time, was, no, I mean, I, I figured he was doing too many drugs and that's really what the explanation <laughs> was. <laughs> so, you know. Wasn't it interesting how our higher self was saying, yes, I agree. With <laughs> yeah. You. Exactly. I like it. You know, <laughs> yes. Your positive feedback the whole way through. So your higher self knew that this was possible yep. all the way through. Yeah. Even though you didn't fully comprehend it at the time. We also have a, a couple of comments from a listener who identifies himself as 2006 on the sixth day of June, which is an interesting screen name to use. <laughs> but this person Get says, name. <laughs> I, I dip my forefinger in the watery blood of your impotent mad redeemer and right over his thorn torn brow, the true prince of evil, the king of slaves. No hoary falsehood shall be a truth to me. I know stifling dogma shall encramp my pen. I break away from all conventions that do not lead to my earthly success and happiness. And he goes on and on with with, uh, these quotes along the same line here. And and I mentioned this because when I first glanced at what he was writing or she, I'm not sure if it's a he or she, um, what this person was writing, it felt a little like Carlos Castaneda. Oh, right. (laughs) Right. We brought in that vibration. (laughs) Yeah. 
And, and it, I mean, it's for, for me, it's also like reading A Course in Miracles. Have you ever read any of that? I have, yeah. I've got yeah. the audio, but mm, yeah. Yeah, that, that one gave me a splitting headache when I read it. <laughs> and I only got about <laughs> a third of the way through. <laughs> um, I, I liked the one chapter on forgiveness, and that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, but point, long-winded. <laughs> but the point is, that I'm trying to make is when concepts are presented to us in ways that almost sound like they're contradicting themselves or in ways that don't, that, that fly in the face of how we understand reality to be or how our own thought pattern is put together. Anything that, that just breaks all that up into pieces can be very uncomfortable and painful. And in, in a sense, it creates a level of, of resistance, often a very high level of resistance. So when we run into somebody who's saying, well, you can walk on water and you can swim in the earth, the the dissonance in our minds says no no that can't possibly be and we create resistance just by reading it and and, and that, that resistance that, is fantastic do you understand why because it keeps the earth firm for most of us most of the time this is true it does <laughs> yeah. so go for it keep on thinking like that <laughs> we appreciate it. thank you on behalf of all earth walkers <laughs> but it also illustrates i mean we ask the question why is it that uh you I've never been able to swim on the earth, swim in the earth or, or walk on the water. And, and truly the answer is I never really wanted to. Mm. I the never, I, I prefer having the water to swim in. I prefer having the earth to walk on. It's actually better for me that way. I like that better. It's, it makes me feel more relaxed. I feel more calm. I feel more myself. Yeah, because people don't really fully comprehend until it starts happening to them how having your vibration changed and raised up to a higher level really is very different from how you were before. Mm -hmm. And the contrast is quite, it shakes your whole reality. It shakes your world. It shakes you, shakes you up a bit, <laughs> a bit as an understatement sometimes. Like my friend Liz, who came onto the show that once talking about her, her, um, what I would call Kundalini experience where, where they, um, um, where they put her in, uh, in uh, what do they call that? Those kind of institutes. Mental. Uh, I don't know what you're thinking of. Yeah, mental institute for um, uh, for for a week. I think it was just a week. But uh, yeah, she was forced to go to one of those places for a week because of the transformational effect of raising your vibration too quickly. And uh, yeah, it's a great story. I love that. I love chatting to her. She's actually moving to Scotland soon, which is uh, this is quite. quite now, this, this is interesting. Part of the journey. I got to tell you something. Uh, I, I quoted from that one person who had that really unusual name, and, yeah, yeah. and they've been adding more stuff. And then they said, "Let me ask you something. Why don't you answer me?" And then under a different name, answer me, demanding an answer. Mm. So, so I'll be glad to give you my answer. My answer is, I'm not interested. Thank you. Well, my <laughs> answer is, I don't know what the question is. So. I <laughs> When, when you're clear about your question, I'm sure I can be clear about my answer. No, that's a good point. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> very, very good. Okay. <laughs> so I think then we can uh, at least come to some sort of a descriptive conclusion about well, this big elephant in the room, the swimming in water or swimming in earth and walking on water. Um, and the answer is there's no one single answer. There are going to be a lot of different answers. 
there are going to be a lot of different perspectives. What exactly on how to, is the question? The question is, how do you handle the fact that uh, Richard Bach wrote in his book that uh, you can swim in the earth and you can walk on water? That, that's that, that's jarring with the first well, time you read it. Well, so, so, some people would say it's just a story, so they would they yeah. would um, work on it that way. Uh, mm-hmm. Other people like you and I maybe um, – I don't want to put words in your mouth, uh, would understand that, that this is a possibility which we could achieve mm-hmm. if we were focused enough to wanting to. I mean, like the the woman can lift up a huge car if the kid's trapped underneath it, but under normal circumstances. I was thinking the exact same example, <laughs> the exact same one, the 2,000-pound car, and the woman picks it up because the kid's trapped underneath. Like, oh, my God, that's crazy. <laughs> Freaky, <laughs> eh? <hey? laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, how long have I been studying law of attraction? It still freaks me out whenever it happens. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and now you understand because the want is greater than the resistance. Yes. Then anything is possible when you when you got that scenario. Yeah. Yep. And there's a key element there too because I love the way you phrased that. You said the want is greater than the resistance, and. That word want gets debated all over the place because a lot of people will say, well, want means you're in a position of lack. But you use the word differently from that. You didn't use it from a position of lack. You mm. you actually used it from almost a position of having, really. And it points to the fact that I, I really have been trying to emphasize this lately. Words are not really what matter because mm. words mean different things, especially in English. English is such a multi-valued language. I mean, words can mean five different things to the same word. But it's the thought and the feeling behind it that make it. Exactly. So when the words are in congruence with your meaning, people feel it. Yes. People really feel it. That's That's when you have a more impactful, more insightful discussion, conversation, interaction, co-creation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Very true. The other thing I wanted to mention was... Um, you were talking about it just now. Yeah. Richard said, maybe I can only do this because I'm in your presence. Mm-hmm. I wanted to touch on that a bit. Okay. So remember I mentioned to you on another podcast in connection with the Sufi master, the daughter of fire book, uh, where the master, the Sufi master said to this British lady that all she had to do to become more enlightened was to spend time in his presence. Okay. And literally she did and she became quite an enlightened individual from my point of view. Um, so what, I think there is a factor that when you are in the environment and closeness, close proximity to somebody who is aligned, somebody who's in alignment with source, then you, if you allow it, are definitely able to draw on some of that alignment yourself or access your own alignment because of their alignment. And if you, if you look at it from the law of attraction point of view, you start realizing because they're aligned and they're a vibration, then you can get into that vibrational vicinity easier because of their alignment. And Abram talks about influence. Um, people will tend to rise to your level of expectation or more accurately, will tend to rise or fall to your vibrational level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
with interesting um, theme for for the book. I, I have never heard or read that book, so uh, I'm just sitting back saying, "Okay, tell me more. Tell me more." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's the book I uh, I said to you. I don't think you want to read. It's a diary. It's very long, very thick. <laughs> okay. And and if initiation's tough, <laughs> got it. Okay, yeah, initiation wasn't exactly a fun read for me. So okay, <laughs> this forearm, that's good. <laughs> By the um, way, earlier we, I want to uh, take that aside because we're getting a lot of commentary from um, these people here uh, who are new to our show. I'm pretty sure. Um, hmm. Earlier on, we were talking about being right, yeah, right and wrong and so forth, and you know how you and I have basically backed off from. We're not interested in being right anymore. This person, uh, when we uh, basically said, you know, we're, I'm not, when I said I'm not really interested in following up and, and you said, well, you're not really sure what the question is, the response was, oh, so it's all jokes and laughs for you guys. Okay, you should not be laughing. Now you don't trust me. Repeat after me, the Omega Messiah. And he goes on and on. I'm like, wait a minute, this guy has a real thing. The Omega Messiah. Yeah, the mega, you want to hear the rest of it? The Mega Messiah will always proceed forward into the dark abyss with no end in sight. I cast upon the beast and its almighty wrath by the help of the fallen one. The wrath is so. Fierce, not even God can stop it. You, you know, when I hear um, things like that, first of all, the num- number one is they're quoting something else. True. Okay. Um, second of all, they generally don't understand what they're quoting. Mm. Third of all, it doesn't relate clearly to the universal laws nope. or the universal law of attraction. Nope. Um, and consequently, it's, it's, it's comes from a place of confusion. Mm. You don't really know what to say. You're not really sure what these guys are talking about, maybe. And you just want to throw something out there to stir something up and see what comes out, which, which is fair enough. I mean, that's an in- instinct we do with our parents. You know, we want to see how far, <laughs> you know, when they say no, how far they actually mean no. So, you know, it, it's all cool. You know, I'm, I've got no problem with any of it. it it's just you know, when you get a clear question, I, I'd love to answer it. But until that, until such a such a time, then I, I just say, you know, I'm clear about where I'm going, what I want to do, and that's it. By the way, he he's trying to respond to you by saying, I presume it's a he. I'm guessing it's a he. He says, uh, uh, I didn't read it. Well, he didn't say I didn't read it, but he's saying it's just one person. I didn't quote anything. That's the funny part. It's all from my head. Trust me, it's just one person. Cool. If it's just from your head, it's still not clear because I don't see any specific question there. It's great. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I mean, I haven't heard any scripture like that, so I can believe that. Yeah, that makes sense to me. But uh, it, it is fascinating. I still love them. I mean, it's just a contrasting individual, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I still love it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't have any problem with what anybody does, so. <laughs> Which can be annoying to some people Let's sometimes. <laughs> uh, it is. It's funny how over time, as we learn this stuff, we care less and less about stuff that we don't care about. Until we learn it, we care a whole lot about stuff we don't care about. Yes, yeah, because you're a vibrational match, and then you're a vibrational match to what you want, and then you start heading off from what you don't want to where you do want, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, Things just become clearer, easier, nicer, more fun. And yes, they were talking about we shouldn't have fun. Of course we should, because when you understand alignment equals fun, you, you definitely want to get into that happier place. You know, if they were in the happier place, they probably wouldn't be saying that. You know, I don't know. Maybe they would. I don't know. But more than likely, it would be clearer. It would be, you know, uh, simpler. It'll be 
I, you know, stuff. Ah, well, hey, we have a little honesty here. He says, the question was, well, actually, I didn't have a question. Great. Okay, that's good. Okay. So you're commenting just to get our reaction from us, and you've got it. Good. <laughs> Maybe you think you've won. <laughs> that's cool, too. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's one of the more interesting sets of, uh, of um, commentary that we've gotten during the show, so I, I had to bring it in because it's, it's quite unusual. No, I love it. I mean, I, I don't mind who comments what. It's, it's really cool. Um, because you, you can turn anything, as Abram says, it doesn't matter what we talk about today, I'll still get my agenda in. <laughs> Say that again. I don't think I got that one. When people go to the Abram Hicks seminars and they go up on stage and they ask certain questions, they say in the beginning, you know, you, there, there is no restriction. You can ask any question. Okay. Um, but we have an agenda today and it's this and this, and we'll bring it in along the way. So don't worry about it. We'll, we'll fit it in, in the cracks. Ah, Okay. Yeah. There's, there's a great example of how, um, words can trip us up because literally you said the word agenda and what I heard was gender. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) we have a gender agenda. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying, what is he talking about? Usually, when you say something, it makes sense. So when it doesn't make sense, I say, "Wait a minute, did I miss something? What's going on here?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that that's to me has always been important is the clarity. So I, I try and try and make things clear. But you know, if somebody's not being exposed to the law of attraction before, what we're saying could be quite a bit confusing. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, also, it's not like we are spending a lot of time on this episode talking about law of attraction directly and defining it, going back to basics. We're talking about it in the context of this book by Richard Bach, which uh, in and of itself is a great presentation of the ideas behind it, but it doesn't actually talk about law of attraction. So it just kind of takes us further and further away from from the core concept in that sense. Um, But I, I still love it anyway because you just used one of my favorite words now, which is clarity. I know it's one of your favorite words. Yeah. And that is a word that brilliantly describes what Richard Bach did with illusions. He took yeah. a topic that was full of murkiness and made it clear. Mm. And I think that's why that was probably the one reason more than any other that I loved it so much. That's why it resonated so much because of the clarity that was involved. Hmm. So. Yeah. But this is um, the first time we're really getting comments. Uh, we are, I mean, maybe you have in the other groups um, on Facebook, isn't it? Is, is this, uh, is this well, from Facebook? This, this commentary is coming through YouTube because we're now live streaming on YouTube. We were live streaming on Facebook up until about a month ago. Yeah. And then we so so, so the, these are live comments on, on YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube, great. right. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. good. And we have had other comments too, some from our regular listeners, which has been great. Mm-hmm. We've been loving that. Um, but uh, this, is one of the, this, this is one of the few times we've had this kind of commentary. So, you know, it's good. It mixes, it mixes things up a little bit. Right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. And people can come live on the show if if they didn't know. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, do I have the link in? I can't remember if I've got it. Let's see. Uh, no, I'm going to have to get that into there. Oh, yeah, there it is. Right. Underneath the schedule, if you're looking at the live stream, underneath the schedule, you'll see a link for joining us on the Zoom platform. So if you want to come on and talk to us while we're doing the show for the last five minutes here or so, we would love to have you come on and talk to us because yeah, absolutely. Talking is a lot more fun. I'm commenting is good. That's always good, but it's much more fun when you have somebody to interact with directly. It is. It is. Yeah. 
I mean, it's nice having each other to interact with, but absolutely, we we know each other well, so we, we're looking for, for <laughs> outside input now. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. That'll be good. So if anybody wants to join, them, more than welcome. I don't think we have enough time to get through the next chapter. So why no, don't we just no, we why, why don't we just do a little uh, summing up here in the the few minutes that we have left? I've also done all my promos, so I can't do the promos. Well, I, I guess I could do them, but I don't want to bore people, so <laughs> I won't do the promos again. Well, if you think your promos are boring. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm not a co-host anymore, am I? <laughs> I'm well, it's been nice knowing you. No, <laughs> no, no, I don't think that at all. Um, so let's see. What else can we talk about where Illusions is concerned? Because we still have, uh, well, there's a couple of really big things coming up that are like the core of the, the climax and conclusion of the book, and we're, we're nearing that section. So that'll be coming up uh, in the next week or two. But we're still in the point part of the book right now where we're we're talking about how you can do what seem to be miracles. And miracle creation is kind of like what is behind a lot of the motivations of people who become interested in how the law of attraction works. They want to be able to create little miracles for themselves in their own lives. Um, they may not necessarily call them miracles, but really they're saying to themselves, I don't really believe X can happen, but I would really like X to happen. So can you teach me how X can happen? Yeah. I often suggest people do what is always suggested with testing the law of attraction is, you know, you probably have no resistance to receiving a pencil tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So just visualize a pencil, feel the pencil, get into the lead of the pencil and the wood of the pencil, feel the shape of the pencil and, and, and just enjoy it and visualize it coming to you or more of them coming to you in one way or another. Visualize it in your hand because that's another thing that pops up in illusions. <clears throat> when he visualizes something he wants, but it happens in a picture rather than physically manifesting in his hand. And, you know, and, and play with that, you know, and uh, as long as you're choosing a subject that doesn't have too much resistance, you know, don't choose money or a house or a car, you know, it's likely to be a little slower. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, but as as you as you get your pencils, as you get your erasers, as you get your um, flour, as you get your coffee given to you, as you as you get these small things happening in your life, just because you've been focusing on them, you start to clearly understand how the law works, and it's based on your right. thoughts. Right. Yeah, that, that that's really huge. I like the idea of of trying to manifest mundane things, mm. in part because it takes the aura of magic that I have no way of accessing out of the discussion. Yeah. You see, the next logical step of being able to get a pencil is not very difficult for you to believe, is it? Not really, no. No. But they do say manifesting a button is as easy as manifesting a castle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's the same process, but you need to start believing it. And belief comes from exploration and um, understanding and testing, test it for yourself. You know, you don't have to believe the law of attraction. Please don't be as skeptical as you want to be. Mm -hmm. Put it mm -hmm. to test for yourself and see what happens. And that's really what I did as I think yeah. about it. I mean, I was testing from day one and I didn't give up on attracting the cars and the wealth and the house mm -hmm. and all that kind of thing. But I also worked on attracting like, 
getting rid of a system, I knuckle and, you know, could I have a new friend in my life who was into law of attraction? I got a bunch of them and mm. you know, I mean, little things, you know, just littlest things. And they're the ones that kind of reinforce the belief and the confidence over time. Cause that's really what we're looking for. We're looking for that confidence. Well, and you know what, you know what I did, Walt? I, I just looked back in my life and I thought about every experience I had. And then I looked at my thought process before that. Mm. And I found that it was pretty accurate. My thought process before and my manifestation almost spot on. And there's courses you can go on to where they say, you know, just had your bag stolen or something. Now, what were you thinking beforehand? You well, know, you're doing well to do that kind of beforehand. What, 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 what were you thinking? Mm-hmm. And they, they, the course is designed to show you that you create your own reality, although they don't use those words. It's just that, um, I don't know how they quite put it. It's just that, yeah, what, what, what was happening in your life beforehand was a res, you know, is a resultant uh, effect. What happens now is a resultant effect of things that happened beforehand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I, I, well, personally, I, I'm impressed that you can remember that well. When I try to do the same kind of thing shortly after learning about law of attraction, I found I couldn't make those connections. Mm. I couldn't think back and say, well, I had this thought process and it led to that. I couldn't find them. The threads were gone from my memory. Yeah. So Some of it, my family hate me for my memory. <laughs> <laughs> it is rather yeah. selective, though. <laughs> well, it's always selective, of course. It is, it is. Isn't it? Yes. But the, the the point is, that's what the benefit is of, of trying to manifest stuff now. Regardless of whether I could remember it before, at least I could remember now. Yeah. You know? that, that usually didn't skip my memory. Sometimes, but not usually. <laughs> and I, I could have enough, enough tests that over time I began to realize it really does play out that way. You, the, the more that I focus on stuff, and, and probably the hardest part was also recognizing that I attracted the stuff I didn't want because I focused on it. That, that was the hardest one to come to terms with. Well, I loved that one because it showed the consistency of LOA. It does, mm-hmm. yes. No doubt. But there's also a challenge there because... I don't want to have to, to have to admit that I attracted these things I didn't want into my life. That's horrible. Who would ever want to do that? But the next, the next time, the next step you go to is appreciating the expansions, mm-hmm. which yep. are always a negative. Or at least they start with negative. They don't necessarily yeah. stay negative. No, yeah. no. They, they, first you learn what you don't want. Mm-hmm. That is quite interesting i mean if you look at a baby that's born you know um it's cold i'm gonna cry oh warm oh that's nice oh i know what i don't want i know what i do want oh i'm hungry Mm, this is quite nice (laughs) know what i don't want know what i do want is right from the beginning if you wanted to look at it from a birth perspective you all the rest of it but that contrast has never stopped Never will. As long as you're alive, your mission on earth is not complete. <laughs> very true. And that's a good way to end the podcast for today. Thank you very much, Louie, for being my uh, co-pilot in, in discovering illusions, flying our blight biplanes around the Midwest in the 1970s. <laughs> it's been fantastic. <laughs> and there's more to come, of course. So we ask people to join us next time on next Monday when we do it. Every, sh- uh, every show where we talk about illusions is on Monday. Uh, of course, we do. I also do the uh, daily podcast Monday through Friday. But, Louis, I will look forward to talking to you again next Monday. Yeah, take care and uh, carpe diem, everybody.
Carpe Diem indeed. And thank you to our live stream listeners and to our podcast listeners as well. And we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>